Thanks for joining me today on our security sessions discussion. Uh, I have Paul and Stas with me to discuss uh, a lot of things, but mainly focus on the cybersecurity and security shortage that the industry is facing uh, today. Uh, it's a big problem. Organizations are facing in uh, kind of coming up with innovative ways on how they are going to fill the gaps and the holes in the meantime. But ultimately, it's really great to bring in uh, two guys that have a lot of experience in this and um, can bring a lot of context to this conversation. So first, uh, Paul, if you wouldn't mind maybe introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. Sure. Hey, Dan. So Paul Carpenito, I've been, I run information security for Lowe's Corporation. We are a holding company in New York City. So we're not the hardware store. A lot of people do get us confused with, with the hardware store. The E is in the wrong place, but but I'm responsible for anything and everything, cyber, information security, that includes incident response, technology, policy, procedure, staff, budget, planning, and security awareness. That's a, that's a huge topic lately, security awareness. And I've been with the company for about, about 50, going on 15 years. And I've been in the space, the industry for a little over 18, and I have a little over 20 years experience. And I came up from the technical ranks I spent time at the help desk and that was my first role right out of college. And I spent some time as a system administrator doing some, some NT40 stuff. And I've done some network stuff, some route switch. I've also, done, I've also done some development in a manufacturing capacity. And I got my first taste in cyber in a, when a, 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 during a worm breakout in the manufacturing floor. So we had a worm breakout, it shut down a bunch of bunch of computers, virtually all the computers. And while all the engineers and and executive leadership were running around, this is crazy, this is nuts, what's happening? I said, wow, this is really cool. I was in a different stage of life. I was in my 20s. Okay. I thought this is really cool. And I, I guess the long story short, I was amazed that software could have such a pervasive effect on the entire company, the, entire, the business, meaning bringing the business to a halt, uh, just a significant disruption. But anyway, that was my my first uh, interest in cyber, and that's how I got into the industry. That's uh, that's excellent. I'm sure you'll have a lot of context for this conversation. And uh, staffs, uh, nice to see you again. Uh, brief info, uh, intro, please. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll I'll go into the same level of detail. Probably won't do it the same amount of justice as Paul. But um, so I'm Stas Pajuka. Um, I'm an information security professional. Um, I grew up in uh, well tinkering with computers um, to the point where uh, I was hired by my high school when I was still in high school in grade ten to become their network administrator. Um, so um, everything from crimping cables to uh, securing the the network uh, at that time. Um, I ended up. Uh, getting an, I ended up specializing in the space, so I've, I've got a degree in information system security. Um, I've got every accreditation from you know CCNP um, to a certified ethical hacker to CISP, CISA, CISM. Uh, anyways, I've got pretty much I've got a, I've got a good blend of them. Um, and my background is uh, I've started in help desk as well uh, with my first real job and then moved my way up into information security. I've been a CISO multiple, uh, for multiple organizations. Um, and, um, you know, I've, I've been doing this now for 20 years as well. Um, so I've, I've been around the block. I've seen, I've seen a lot of things. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Cool. Well, excellent. Well, Really, um, what I wanted to focus on today is just this this concept, right? I mean, there's over a three million person shortage, uh, cybersecurity shortage worldwide right now. 
Um, organizations need to stay, stay secure. Um, they need to, uh, you know, have, have mitigation strategies in place. Um, so around that topic, Paul, maybe you could just walk us through from the beginning, your thoughts. Um, how is an organization going to uh, kind of bridge that gap at the moment with, uh, with such a shortage in place? Well, I think without getting into the, the fact that the hiring process needs to change and just trying to, trying to fill the gap in any open roles or any open gaps in, in, a, in a team, I think one of the things a company can do is definitely leverage existing, existing IT staff, for example, have a cross-functional team, maybe from the service desk, anyone. I mean, I, I use this, I'm very passionate about this term when I say that anyone who has a natural curiosity for how things work would do very well in cyber. So anyone, anyone in the in the technology area who's got it, who's got that a just a natural curiosity for how things work would do very well in cyber and would probably be a good fit in bringing them up into the ranks in cyber. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Stas, you know, something I think about, uh, you know, myself personally, not having a technical background. Um, there's some aspects of this. Um, Sure, it's it, like aptitude could take you a, like a very long way, but you know there is experience and the technical side of it that is required. Um, you know, yeah. how, how do you, how do you how do you kind of speed up the learning process, um, or what is the learning process? Does the learning process need to kind of shift and get put uh, put on its head uh, to 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 move people along? I I think I think my favorite phrase, and I'm sure Paul, this will probably resonate with Paul, is I'm not technical. Um, so that's, you know, I've heard that from, uh, heads of, um, you know, the service desk. I've heard that from VPs of engineering. I've heard that from CISOs. I've heard that from CIOs, CTOs. Um, it's, um, and while, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not going to fall into the, in, um, into the mindset of saying that it's not important. I think being technical is important, or at least understanding the principles of it. Um, I think the information security space in so itself is highly technical. Um, it's a very broad, uh, it's a very broad scope of work that's very different to regular IT work. Um, and although policy uh, policy is important um, and standards and guidelines and the governance risk and compliance, which is less technical, you still need to under fundamentally understand how technology works. Um, and in this space, it's very difficult to get someone that can do both. Um, so therefore, you have teams that are generally split across the uh, the policy side and the technical side from an information security perspective. At least that's what I've seen from you know from doing this over the years. Yeah, it's 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 a good point, uh, Paul. You you had kind of touched on like the hiring process, um, and I'm just curious from your standpoint, um, what what elements of that do you think are currently just need to be adjusted or looked at? Well, I think first off is that companies or hiring managers looking for five to seven years minimal experience in entry level roles, and they have a laundry list of, of of topics. And you know, I think that first it it dissuades a lot of candidates for you know good candidates from even looking from even applying to a role like that, right? So they're not they're not seeing their potential good fit for the role, so they just won't apply. And secondly, I think that you organizations need to be open towards looking for talented people meaning that they may not have the experience um, if they if they come across a good resume that looks like the person chose some good progression or has a willingness to learn i think that you know have the conversation with them maybe maybe they will be he or she will be a good fit for the for the role yeah i, I would agree with that 
And I think that, and I think that multiple interviews, I mean, I hear this so often that candidates go through multiple interviews and they're just tired of talking to three and four and five people. And then they, the fact that they don't hear back for several months, it's, you know, the hiring process needs to change. Yeah, agreed. I think, I mean, the industry's, the industry is shifting, right? I mean, there's just not enough people in, in, uh, in this space. Um, I mean, Google has now reduced half of their jobs no longer require a bachelor's degree for consideration. I think they're pretty much all changing that across the board. Plus they're pushing out their own certs uh, or certifications, um, trying to encourage people to get into this space. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would agree with Paul. Yeah. Stas, I know you recently went to that, uh, that leaders conference in Ottawa, um, yeah. and this was a hot topic. Um, like kind of, kind of just curious what, what some of the ideas, um, you know, that were discussed there to mitigate this issue, uh, you know, were, um, what, what were, or agreed upon or disagreed upon maybe. Yeah. So the conference was a ditch the foundations conference. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it takes place all over the world. This time it was in Canada. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it, this is, it's like a broken record. Every conference that I go to this, they, all they talk about is the skill shortage and, um, and, um, you know, not enough people to, to fill the roles. And um, I mean, the general consensus was we're never going to catch up to 3.5 million. That's, that's open head count. And the world is going to change by the time we even get enough people even remotely interested in the information security space, which is also an interesting topic. There aren't that many people that are actually interested in it. And the ones that are interested in it can't actually get their foot in the door. Um, and uh, so there has to be reliance here on uh, thinking outside of the box, relying heavily on automation um, and uh, making making it easier to secure environments. I also think that there is definitely a factor here about people um, being afraid of change as well, especially on the automation front, like the amount of times, um, you know, I've had conversations where people don't want to remove manual processes or error prone processes because they think it's going to affect or impact their their jobs. That mentality has to shift as well, but that's easier said than done. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I guess that that's kind of bleeds into either uh, relying on existing software tooling that's with the organization has access to, or maybe kind of scoping other tools that maybe they um, they don't have. Paul, I'm curious, like, you know, from a training perspective, what are your thoughts that um, maybe from your experience that of training of Kind of on on the job training that does exist or is that something that you think needs to Im be improved on could that be an area that maybe bridges this gap you know I, I hear the saying all the time right so what if i hire somebody i train them and they leave but then the other side of that is what if i hire somebody i don't train them and then they stay so do you really want untrained professionals working for your organization the answer is no i mean you have to have training in your budget it has to be part of a a, a good technology budget to train your staff and you know you can't have you you can't have a person that knows everything and especially when you're looking at candidates for a role there's so many vendors out there in the technology space and when you start listing vendors on a job on a on a job description again it could dissuade somebody who may know the topic for example vulnerability management there's at least 10 vendors off the top of my head that i think of do do it well and you can't expect a candidate to know every single vendor inside and out. So I think there has to be some vendor specific training and some training on the actual topic. But I also think that cyber is a bit different than any other discipline. I think you have to live it to really be successful in it. And for a candidate to really excel, they have to live it. They have to be naturally interested in it. And it's gonna be a lot of 
off hours, learning, trial and error, yeah. and just truly understanding it. And it's not a policy and procedure. I mean, policy procedure, like you brought up earlier, Stas, is a, is, is a big, huge part of it, right? The GRC component, but it's also a very highly technical, broad field where yep. you understand how attacks facilitate, you have to understand how networks, how the network layer works, the IP layer works, to understand how, let's say, lateral movement happens. You need to yes. understand, understand the fundamental flaws of Windows operating systems and the design. So I think that it is a broad topic and, and yeah. so. Do you, but do you ever get so like a, my, a lot of the times when I like when we're working with uh, with customers or I'm talking to people in this space, like um, the there's a very clear distinction between the technical and non-technical people in this space. And often uh, there's a there's a complete disconnect in terms of what the policy side is recommending for the like engineering side, if you will, on the security space. And they often have a they often have a very hard time understanding one another because one's very technical and then the other one is not. And uh, I think this is going back to the first question that Dan asked, like, are those people, you know, are those people, can you bring those people up to a level of, uh, of understanding uh, from a technical perspective or should, should we look at doing it a different way? Yeah, I hear all the time that when you, when you're having a conversation where you're bridging the gap between a technical and non-technical individual that the non-technical, the technical individual has to elevate their conversation to come up to the non-technical person. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't necessarily agree with that. What what I think should happen is that, again, cybersecurity is a complicated topic in yeah. post And I think that the non-technical person should, ed should spend some time educating themselves and really understanding what the challenges are in cyber and what cyber pro professionals are faced with on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. What are, uh, Paul, I'm curious, in, in your mind, are you aware of uh, like somebody that let's just say has that natural aptitude, wants to break into this industry, doesn't have the five to seven years experience, maybe they do, who knows, but they want to kind of become more technical. Um, like, is it is it going, uh, taking a couple courses, doing a boot camp? Um, what, what are your thoughts of like, what are the actual things that person should consider doing? You know, I, it's funny, I get asked that question all the time. It's, it's well, is it certs? Is it classes? Is it, I would say security is such a broad topic. And for somebody who's just breaking into the industry, it's very hard to, you know, we all try to figure, we're all trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up, right? And, you know, there's a world trying to understand that. And I think that try something, pick, pick a, you know, maybe a stock analyst or maybe something like a, a something you aspire to be just as an entry level role, but to get there, cert low level certifications do help to a degree, but really understanding the technology and the role you want to be in goes a long way. And I'll say that, you know, download, download a copy of Linux and start playing around, learn the code and maybe take some courses that, that would get you to where your destination is. It doesn't have to be a final destination again, because we'll figure out what we want to do and be when we grow up. But, but I think that there's got to be a, some self-learning that, that does happen. And I think that's all part, it's all good stuff to list on your resume. I mean, certifications are good, but you can, when you have a conversation with somebody who is cert heavy and they're very good at taking tests, right? So you can be very good at taking tests and passing. Yep. But you may not truly understand the, the technology or the, or the topic. And you could understand real fast or get, or 
understand real fast what kind of person that is, whether there's somebody who just takes certs because they're good test takers or somebody who is really interested in the material. Yep. That's true. Um, yeah, also there's a, there's a barrier of entry for the, for the certs as well, right? I think the only, both from a financial perspective and also from an experience perspective, I think the only one that you can, you can do that had, that holds any water, um, is the security plus one that you don't need any experience for, but they might've changed that, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the Linux, um, like Linux testers are completely free. So I completely agree with you there and like get, getting to know that and, use, and using that, I, I think like just under, like just getting an idea of. Uh, if this industry is of interest to them in at all, because uh, like what happened with me when I, like when I did this, when I did the degree um, in this space, um, like three quarters of the class dropped out out of the first year. Like it just wasn't for them. Um, so a lot of people do want to break in this industry because they're seeing the dollar signs as well. But it is a very difficult, uh, it is a very difficult and complex industry to break into. Um, anyway, so I'm just piggybacking on what Paul said. Yeah. yeah it, it it is, and I, I think that a lot of a lot more colleges are offering programs, graduate undergraduate programs in in cyber information security yeah. insurance. So I think that's certainly a good thing. And to your point, I think that a lot of people see the discipline in movies, and okay. the the allure that that attracts them is not really the reality of what of what occurs. You know, it's it's yeah. you just see the hacking part of it, and they're not seeing the things like incident response, interface with the executive leadership, and what what responding to an actual event look an event looks like. You're just seeing one side of it and it's really the theatrical version of it. But yeah. but um yeah I think a lot more court a lot more colleges are offering courses and and programs in it. So which is which is, I think is a good thing. Agreed. Yeah, we just we just uh, finished two days exhibiting uh, at an event here in New York and uh there was quite a few students that came yeah, that were coming up to our booth, uh, just asking a lot of questions, asking good questions too, um, of how do, how do we break in where we're either in in the middle of their courses or, or finishing up and looking for a job and kind of, um, you know, just just getting out there, right? I mean, that's that certainly is always a good place to start, whether it's this industry or any industry you're looking to break into. I'm also hearing there's companies that are willing to train. So there are companies that are willing to train with zero experience and, you know, it's just a matter of searching and finding that organization that that is the right fit. And I think it's, it's, you know, like any other job search, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, um, it's, it's the right, it, it's that curiosity, right? Piece that you, that you spoke about earlier that, um, finding people that are hungry, that are curious, that are, um, that, that want to grow, um, and understand how the space works. And like that, I mean, that's what we've done on our side um well you know we're a startup but that's but we've hired a lot of people that weren't necessarily from this space and really just taught them um the right way of doing things as well that's also another that's also another point there's there's a lot of people in the space that have been promoted into it that they've kind of like failed up if you will mm -hmm. um and uh and also like you would think like at least from my experience the space has been around i mean it's been it's been around for a while now but like there's still there's still so much ambiguity about how things should be done even from like uh, I mean, they're still getting into arguments about like how to write policies versus standards versus guidelines. Like that argument still often takes place when we when we talk to um, you know when we talk to prospects or customers. Like it's just kind of yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's odd that fundamentals are still not fully laid down yet. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, from that yeah, from that approach, every every organization is different, and I think that to talk you know guidelines, standards, and procedures are all it depends on the the organization, but 
I, I, I think that it's, it's not a good place to be if we're just relying or we're focusing too much on, on that area. I think that it is still a highly technical. Oh, area. I agree. I think that, and I think that, yeah, I mean, whether we call it a standard or a guideline, it's, it's, uh, you know, and how, how, but how often do these, how often do these standards and guidelines get updated? Right. Well, those, I mean, so those should be, those should be updated pretty often. The policy shouldn't, but then they all need to be implemented. Right. And then you need to baseline all of your, you know, you need to baseline all of your solutions, um, make sure that they're configured properly and then make sure that they're all interconnected. And there's a central reporting, uh, location for, um, you know, for, for your point solutions. Um, but that rarely, you know, that rarely happens. It really, ha it really happens because it's everything changes so quickly. That's and right. especially if a lot of your security tool sets are cloud or SaaS based yep. and you're only one upgrade away from breaking something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we lose control over upgrade, which is not a bad thing, right? So the operational yep. component, we're abstracting yep. from the operational component, but that lends itself to these standards, guidelines and procedures getting outdated over time. Yeah. You know, to your point about updating them frequently is, is super important. But but I think that we get bogged down in, in too much emphasis put on what do we call this thing and, and how do we how do we get around it? I, I think that we That's a good point. and focusing on things like automation will certainly help us bring to light a lot of the lower level attacks that we may be missing or that may eventually rise into a broader attack or a more significant incident. Yeah. yeah, I was actually curious, Paul, from your perspective, like where, you know, you've you've had quite some uh, experience um, over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years. Like what have you seen from an automation perspective um, it is um, kind of is it becoming more prevalent? Is are are there early adopters that are seeing the benefits now? Are there people that are resisting that are, you think are going to come over? Is it inevitable? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think that. The most successful IT orgs, right, have good, defined, repeatable processes. And you know, as humans, we're prone to making errors, and we're, we're we are fallible to a degree. And it's it happens everywhere. And I think the automation component definitely solves for that, right? Solves for that potential human error, maybe an individual being, you know, either leaving or onboarding, offboarding. Yep. But especially in the onboarding, offboarding process, where we're relying on a human. To, to send a note to offboard or to even onboard, automation solves that problem, right? Yeah. We don't, and and the provisioning process gets a lot more seamless. So just from that perspective, I think automation definitely shines. But there's a lot more. There's a lot of other opportunities too, especially with machine learning and such a significant push in artificial intelligence. I mean, right now, if you're not if you're a software company, you're not doing AI. I think it's pretty hard to get funding these days. But but. Um, yeah. I think a lot of it, I think automation is, is I wouldn't say the solution to every problem. I think it's a solution to a lot of our challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's definitely going to be one of those like 80-20 splits scenarios. Yeah. Very good. Well, this was um, super helpful and also pretty enlightening. I'm glad we uh, were able to you know, wrangle everyone's schedules together for a little bit of a chat. Uh, Paul, Stas, I am very thankful for your time. Uh, thanks for sharing uh, sharing uh, your insights here on this topic. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Thank you. Appreciate it.